Hello, you are listening to the CZ of Movies. My name is Colin. I'm the C. You're joining me uh, is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Hello. I'm surprised I managed to prize you away from the football thingy that's happening right now. Euro 2020 is happening and it's all very exciting. Um, no is it f- really? Is it just because no one has seen football, live football for a long, long time? Uh, so it's exciting. Yeah, it's nice to have some fans in to make a bit of noise. I'm not one of them. I've not I've not uh, gone down to Wembley to, to watch the football. I yeah. actually live quite close to Wembley. There you go. You can probably hear them snoring um from uh, from where you where you live. Oh. But yeah, it was nil nil in the last thing the match at Wembley to just to date this in fact, by the time this goes out, um England would have played again against uh, the Czech Republic, but as we record, uh, they've only played two matches. How exciting. So who knows if England will make it through to the next round of uh, of the Euros. Are you more of a Copa America man? Uh, the, Cop- the Copa America, rather, is happening at the same time. It's the, uh, it's the, it's the uh, American equivalent of uh, the Euros. Okay. The- nice. Nice to know that, you know, when... Football will always survive no matter what. It's like a cockroach. Yeah, for our, all our uh, Mexican and Brazilian and Argentinian listeners, uh, I'm sure that's what they're exciting, uh, excited about. I don't know whether we have any of those. But maybe we, uh, after we after we cover today's topic, In the Heights, which is partially Spanish-speaking, it's our way of cracking South America. Uh, <laughs> this is it. We'll start off with the, uh, with the, the Caribbean. Or the Caribbean, as they, as, as some people say, and work our way down from there. Uh, so, as we're talking in the Heights, uh, we've got a, a, uh, an actor factor on Michael Caine. We're doing a quiz on the Tomb Raider franchise, and, and much, much, much more. more. We start as we always do with uh, movie news, and it seems a quiet couple of weeks. Dijon, I don't know what what you found. It has been a quiet uh, couple of weeks because so everyone much, is so watching the football. That's why. No, That's why. no movies, movies are out. Football is in. Uh, anyway, speaking about quiet things, a quiet place part two. <laughs> what a link! What a I know, right? Good work. <laughs> um, has been given a 2023 release date. Um, John part, Krasinski. Part two. It's already come out, mate. Part three. Okay, carry on. Uh, um, John Krasinski won't be directing it this time around. My He's, job today is just to um, knock you off 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 track. Why? I was I just, I'm giving good segues to to spoil your rhythm. That's I've I've decided that's my uh, my job today. So I'm going to wait till you get ahead of steam and then just nudge you. <laughs> just like the English football team, I guess. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, why not? Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So John Krasinski won't be directing it this time around. He'll be giving it over to Jeff Nichols, uh, who directed Mud hmm. um, and Midnight Special um, for the. Third spin-off film of A Quiet Place. So it's, they are, who knows what it's going to be like because obviously I'm not too sure they'll be following the same family again given, mm. I don't think, I think the story kind of ended with A Quiet Place Part 2. Um, but who knows. Uh, Jeff Nichols will be both writing and directing the film. Mm. So John Krasinski won't be having any part in it whatsoever. Um, but yeah. They seem, for, um, they seem to be going for, they seem to be going for cinematic universe here. Uh, well, this is the dark universe that we were promised, but didn't get right. Um, yeah, it, I don't know. I say I've not, I've not seen the second one. I enjoyed the first one. The second one seems to have gone down pretty well as well. But hmm. I'm not sure. If spin-offs is that really? It seems bold. Well, <laughs> before, after this, there'll be a prequel, Colin. We need to find out how these monsters came about. Isn't that isn't that in the uh, second one? Don't they don't they show that? No. Well, they showed 
what happened in the early days, but it doesn't really show the origins of the monster, right? Because nowadays, you know, we need that. They may be an anti-hero. Because was it, I can't remember if we mentioned this last time, in the Jurassic World, they're getting a, some sort of prequel short film showing the, uh, are, the yeah. mosquito. Uh, <laughs> it's like, we don't, we don't need the origin story of the mosquito that got, that sucked some blood and then got stuck in amber, do we? That's, uh, yeah, no, I'm not going to watch it. I've decided two years in advance, and I quite like uh, Jeff Nichols, but even so, no, no. Um, here's a film I probably will watch. Uh, Kerry Mulligan and Zoe Kazan will be playing uh, reporters in the Harvey Weinstein uh, investigation. Uh, so the ones who broke the story or possibly uh, developed the story. Uh, yeah. I don't think we know much more about it, but uh, this is Kerry Mulligan is is a hot property at the moment, obviously off the back of Promising Young Woman. And Zoe Kazan is always good. So uh, good to see them teaming up. Yeah, so this I'm is like, based on the Times bestseller called She Said, Breaking the Sexual Harassment Story. Oh, and yes. The, the film is called She Said as well. Good. Look at this. Look at your more in-depth uh, research than me. I know, right? It's not like I broke your rhythm or anything. I actually added to it. Wow. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. One, one of us is kind of building the other one up and the other one's knocking them down. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, how that's how we're working here. Uh, <laughs> We've got a new name for the new Aquaman film. We have. It'll be called Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. It's so, the Lost Kingdom, right? And the Lost Kingdom. Is it right? Lost? I've written Lost, but maybe you're right. I'm pretty certain it's Lost. But okay. <laughs> it could be one of the other. <laughs> Toss of a coin. Uh, <laughs> At least we've got three letters of them correct. Yeah. List Kingdom? Lost, lost, the, Kingdom. Lost, lost Kingdom could be a whole different thing. That's the... Um... <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Uh, according to James Wan, this film will take a more serious tone. Um, everyone's returning. Jason Momoa, Amber Heard, Patrick Wilson, Yaya mm. Abdul-Mateen. They're all returning to this film. It is lost. Cause... You're right. Yeah, I see. I'm always <laughs> correct, Colin. Yes. I was wrong to doubt you. Uh, cool. I mean, Amber Heard's had all sorts of rumours that she's not coming back, but I think that's just um, angry Johnny Depp fans on Twitter. Because mm. so, there was talk of Amelia Clark taking on the role at some point. She just look, they do look kind of similar. I can see that. And I, as you know, and I don't think you agree with me at the time. Uh, Amber Heard sounds and, and looks so much like Scarlett Johansson. This is why they made her hair redder. I maintain that. <laughs> I maintain that, and no one else has agreed with me. But it's definitely true. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see whether they go more horror-y off the back of um, the trench being cancelled. Whether they want to bring some of the elements from that into uh, into this one. Mm-hmm. Well, I enjoyed the first film nonetheless. Uh, yeah. It was, it's not memorable by any means, but compared to some of the it's got DC a, output. It's got it's, a flipping uh, right. octopus playing the drums, mate. That's pretty memorable. You don't, <laughs> you don't get that uh, my, my desktop screen, uh, not screens, over background is uh, sh- screenshots from all the films I own on DVD. And uh, as, you, as you brought this up, uh, Aquaman appeared with his trident and a waterfall. Looking nice. very fine. So there you go. Look at that. Uh, I will be watching that one. Is Julie Andrews back? I don't know. She could be. I keep forgetting she was in it. Yeah. She did voice the the the, the monster in the she deep, did. right? So. so weird that she didn't come back from Mary Poppins. Um, yeah. It was out in the same month. Anyway, uh, here's uh, here's some news about Black Panther Two, aka Black Panda: Wakanda Forever. Uh, Tenok Huerta, whose name I I think I'm getting right, um, is in it and is rumored to be Namor. Uh, Namor the Submariner who I, I was trying to think the other day who is the most famous Marvel character who's not yet been in Marvel in the MCU 
And I think Namor the Submariner might be um might be up there. I mean, um, there were rumors about this way back then since Avengers Endgame mm. because they mentioned about earthquakes uh, under the sea yeah, yeah. Um, uh, as one of the crises that the Avengers were facing back then. And Namor has a lot of links to two new, uh, two of the franchises that Marvel acquired, obviously. Namor is a very strong love interest for Susan Storm. All right. And a competitor to Mr. Fantastic's. Uh, I had no idea. Yes, when I said, uh, uh, I should say, when I said most famous characters not to be MCU, I should have said most famous characters not to have a film, because obviously, yes, Fantastic mm. Four and X Men are already been in non MCU films. Uh, yep, I, I, so, I, I didn't realize that uh, that he was a, a, a love rival for. Yep, for he Reed, was way back Richards. then. There was okay. the one of his links. And also, Namor is often considered the world's first mutant. Ooh. What about Which um, brings uh, X-Men what about, back to it? Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Namor tends Yeah, the the, <laughs> the origins for both of them tend to be a bit uh convoluted. Yeah. He could times. be the world's wettest mutant. Maybe that's what's he, going he on. He definitely is. Well, Namor is literally the Marvel version of Aquaman, right? Yeah, this is gonna be uh I guess since since DC got their first Marvel, then I just have to it's 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 a bit like uh it's a bit like Scarlett Johansson's hair. Um in that on that one Marvel got there first, and DC had to make Amber Heard's hair redder. In this one, <laughs> DC got there first, so they're going to have to make sure that Namor's not too much like Jason Momoa, I suppose. Mm. But it, um, is he tied in with Black Panther usually? Not particularly, so I'm not too sure where that came about. But uh, I believe in Avengers uh, Endgame again, the the the, the tremors in the water hmm. were near Wakanda. Yeah. I'm pretty oh, sure okay. they were near Wakanda right. because what was her name? Uh, Danai Guerrero's character was the one who reported it. Yes. Not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. They are just making links. I like I like that there are all these connections nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think this is, I mean, Black Panther obviously got introduced in, in Civil War and DNA. Um, they have a, 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 some history of introducing characters in other films. Although, not that much. Not I think about it, but uh, I think it's quite a nice way of doing it, rather than a complete. We, we don't really want too many more origin stories, so it's quite nice to have them introduced in other people's films, isn't it? Exactly, that's true. Um, what else do I have here? A Master and Commander prequels in the works. Must oh must okay Master. Wow, so yeah. Master and Commander came out two thousand three. Two thousand three, and I I mean I didn't think it was great. It seemed to go down okay with people. But. It got good reviews, actually. I was surprised because I, for some reason, I had an impression that it was really bad. But Bro, okay. I was going through the I, Wikipedia I might just page again. <laughs> yeah, your influence is so strong here. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, for some, yeah, I went to the Wikipedia page and it got really good reviews. So I was quite surprised um, that it came about. So the 2003 film starred Russell Crowe and Paul Bettany and set during the Napoleonic Wars. Mm. Um, so this will be a prequel and will outline how both those two characters met. So it's actually so it's not just a readaptation of the series; it's an actual prequel of this film that everyone's forgotten about. Yep, pretty much. Oh wow! I I just remember it being a film because it's called Master and Commander: Far Side of the World or something like that. Yes, that's the name of the film. Um, and I think you must be very confident you're going to get a franchise if you if you put a subtitle in your first film. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, and yes, it wasn't to be. Some say that Master and Commander is the Namor of uh, of I don't know whatever that film is. Universal. 
Cool. Um, no. <laughs> you can I'm gonna I'm gonna add in raucous applause and laughter. <laughs> you can use that laughter. I can. I'll just cut that in. Thank you. Uh, here's a here's a sequel um, that's a little bit of a surprise, but quite a nice one. Um, Greenland is getting a, a sequel. Greenland the movie, rather than the uh, the territory owned by Denmark. Uh, it's going to be called Greenland Migration. Uh, the the film came out this year. The, the original, the first one, um, and it starred Gerard Butler and uh, Marina Baccarin, and it was one of these the world's ending type films, but um, much better than they usually are. I enjoyed it. I think I, I said that on the podcast, even though it had Gerard Butler in it. And uh, I will I will happily watch a second one. So Gerard Butler's on board. The director's on board. Um, no word about Marina Baccarin so far, uh, as far as I'm aware. But I Everyone loves Marina. You love Marina Baccarin. I do love Marina Baccarin. Uh, it's true. It's very true. Who, by the way, who doesn't who doesn't love Marina Baccarin? <laughs> she she always on a joint button in the film. That's it. It's uh it's films come down to simple maths. See, Jen. <laughs> Gerard Butler is a negative. Marina Baccarin is a positive. And, oh, it's uh, a far and higher she, positive. She cancels them out. No, it's 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 a, it's a well thought out uh, take on a fairly hackneyed genre. So um, I'm sure the sequel will be just as good. Good. It's been a while since there has been a re-adaptation of a Stephen King book. Is it? <laughs> yeah, well, apparently it costs now Brian... It's six weeks, isn't it? Is it? <laughs> yeah, there, there, was a, there was a point in time where, you know, the news was just basically Stephen King re-adaptations. Really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian Fuller uh, is making a new film adaptation of his killer car, Christine. Christine. Okay. So this film was previously brought to screens uh, in 1983 wow. uh, by John Carpenter. Okay. Um, and now, yeah, we're going to get a film of that. Uh, fine. Uh, you, know, you didn't grow up in this country. Have you ever come across Brum? Brum? No. Br- Brum. No, okay. Uh, it's also a living car, but it's a much nicer one. <laughs> <laughs> Is it like Chi Chi Bang Bang? It's, really like, it's, it's a kid's TV program about this car called Brum that goes off on adventures and his owner doesn't know. It's, uh, it's very cheery. I suspect Christine will, will take a different uh, approach. But, uh, <laughs> but I want to see Brum the movie, and I think everyone else my age in, in this country, or who, who grew up in this country, would agree with me. Oh. Uh, hashtag Brum the movie. Start it here. Uh, Anya Taylor join you. She is team or in talks um, for the menu, uh, alongside Ray Fiennes who's also in talks. Uh, a horror comedy. I've written here that had Alexander Payne. I don't know what that means. I wrote this a while ago. I think Alexander Payne was lined up to to write and direct and is no longer involved. So okay. The slightly odd situation where I think these people are in talks despite the fact that there's no director lined up, or maybe just maybe it's just not common uh, public knowledge yet. Um, but that's what they're up to next. Nice. Uh, I think it's. See, uh, John, my memory what? isn't what it used to be, um, and so when I I'm older than you. Yeah, I know. It's clear. I'm very aware of that. Um, so when I wrote this down, uh, I knew exactly what this film was about, and I thought I won't need to write down what the film's about. I'll remember. Um, but I it's have not. It's about a young couple who visits an exclusive destination restaurant on a remote island where the acclaimed chef, played by Ralph Fiennes, Ralph Fiennes has, prepared, has prepared a lavish menu for them. There you go. Good uh, good work. Did you already have this on your list or was that some quick Googling? Colin, someone has to do the work in this podcast, right? <laughs> it's clearly not you. <laughs> 
how are the tables turned? Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. I, I'm. Um, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm not putting my weight this time, am I? Let's be honest. It's. Uh, it's all gone downhill. I think it's the football. I'm going to blame the football. <coughs> um, read, how long is this football thing going to last for anyway? Uh, it's not a few weeks. Can uh, Can you blame the football for your poor quizzing skills as well? My poor quizzing skills is in later late, on. late in this episode. Uh, well, I I, yeah. def- I wrote my quiz round whilst watching football, so I can certainly blame <laughs> it. So I can certainly blame the poor quality of my questions on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> my last bit of news: um, director Doug Lyman or Lemon, I can't pronounce. Uh, Lyman, I think. Yeah. Lyman. Um, he has Ewan McGregor, Mark Strong, and Sam Ewan, I think, ready to star in a film called Everest. So funnily enough, there was another film called Everest yeah, back not, in 2015. Long ago, yeah. So, yeah. With Jack Gyllenhaal in it as well. Hmm. And that was a very brutal film. Uh, of course, it told about the, um, the Everest disaster back in 1998, I think, where a lot of hikers were pretty much killed on while trying to hike climb Mount hmm. Everest. Um, yeah. This film is slightly different. It follows... Uh, Explorer and mountaineer George Mallory, played by Ewan McGregor, who is picked by the uh, Royal Geographic Society to restore British pride yes. by scaling Mount yes. Everest. British pride needs to be restored, Zijan. Is it because of the football again? Uh, it's because of the football and because of uh, my poor podcasting. Between us, we've let this nation down. <laughs> George Mallory is going to get it back for us in the past. Uh, Do you know him? Uh, is he famous here on here? Um, I've heard of him. He's the chappy who said, um, because it's there. I think so. someone said, why do you want to climb Mount Everest? He said, because it's there. Ah. And that's that's quite famous. I think that was him. Um, but yes, uh, I, to be honest, I, I, I'm only thinking it's him because it was in a quiz I was in recently. And I th- previously, I thought it was Edmund Hillary. He was the first uh, man or possibly the second uh, to climb Everest. Um, who was kind of British, but also kind of from New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> it's like sometimes we just claim people if they've done good stuff but yeah he's ours like you Zijan we're claiming you oh thank you yeah no worries uh, cool I like Doug Lyman I guess he's done some good stuff um, yeah. but surely they must come up with better names than Everest like pretty much all films set in Everest will be called Everest now yeah they just the um, yeah maybe they'll come up with something better if our time comes out uh not to scale. That's what I'd call it. Um, anyway, that's all the news we have. Uh, we move on then to our next segment to see or not to Z, where we tell you about films that we have seen and tell you, the listener, whether you should see them or not Z them. Uh, Zijan, what have you been? Uh, what have you been watching? Hello. You know, we always talk about not really liking horror films and such, right? Uh, we do. We do. Yeah. Now, now last fair, time, I've been watching a lot of horror films. Last time you talked about a Quiet Place Part Two. Uh, I know, right? Noted horror I know. film. Have you uh, have you turned over a new leaf, CJ? Are you, are you now a horror head, a horror Poss- fanatic? Possibly, because I just saw the most horrifying film recently. Oh, right. And it's The Father. Right, okay. That's, uh, that was what I was going to talk about as well. So. Yeah, so we can talk about this together. Yeah. Um, directed by Florian Zeller, it stars Anthony Hopkins as a dementia-ridden man. Mm-hmm. And uh, Olivia Coleman as his daughter. So to to explain to <laughs> the listeners uh, of why I describe this as a horror horrifying film um, is, it, I mean, um, like you know, you watch all those uh, films with aliens, <laughs> like uh, like a Quiet Place or sure, sure. Dancing Clown. Like this, this film depicts the horrors of old age and dementia, and it's pretty. 
pretty gruesome, I would say. Um, first of all, because it's it's a real thing, and yeah, you know yeah. this this could happen to any of us. And honestly, it's uh it's one of the scariest things I've seen on 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 film. <laughs> really, fair and enough. Fair enough. It yeah, makes that... me, yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. <laughs> well, so I, I'm still at the age I think we we're thinking this could happen to my parents. Uh, but yes, you're right; it could happen to uh, to any of us. Um, exactly. it, it's it's a very cleverly made film, isn't it? Where um, you you kind of mostly see things from Anthony Hopkins' perspective, uh, and and so it con- con- continuously discombobulates you because it will go from scene to scene, and uh, he'll be in he won't be in the place he thinks he is, or people will say, what, "What are you talking about? That that never happened." And, and, yeah. and famously in the trailer, um, his daughter is suddenly played by Olivia Williams. Uh, uh, they do look times. quite similar, don't they? It's they, quite they do. I think and I think they've deliberately made them. Sad look even more similar and, and give them some of the same mannerisms. Uh, it, it plays like a psychological horror film at the beginning because you, you get as confused as Anthony is. And mm. Anthony Hopkins is playing a, a guy called Anthony as well and he's mm. literally the same age as what I Anthony say, same, same birthday is. as well, isn't he? It? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's insane. Like, and you're correct. Like All the things, the first scene established everything that you think you know what the facts are. Olivia Coleman's the daughter who's moving to Paris to be with a man. And then the next scene, you see this random guy in the living room who mm. claims that this is his place and he's the husband of uh, Anne, Olivia Coleman's character. And things just get more confusing from then onwards. Uh, yeah, it's great. It's I, I, done very well. It's, it's phenomenal. Isn't it? Anthony Hopkins, well-deserving of his Oscar, I think. Um, it's absolutely superb performance from him. Uh, brilliant direction. It's based on a play. Um, I think Florian Zeller wrote the play or co-wrote the play. Yep, he wrote a play. You, you could tell that it's based on a play because uh, <laughs> the most of the scenes are set in the same room. Mm. Or, or is it? Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, no, definitely go, go and see this. And just say it is fairly traumatizing, but it's also beautifully acted um, mm. and, and well worth a watch. I would say. I think I prefer this over Nomadland. Oh, definitely, definitely. I, I, uh, as you remember, I didn't really like Nomadland. But, um. No, like in Nomadland. Like I mentioned, my previous review to that, I don't feel I didn't feel much while watching Nomadland. I mean, just felt like you know watching a documentary, right? Mm. Whereas this one, I was, I I definitely felt upset <laughs> by, by the end. Yeah, no, definitely, there were definitely so some upset. tears dripping down my mask um, by the end. Uh, and I think it was quite clear that at first I found myself trying to work out what was really happening because you kind of think, is it one of these things where you can figure out what's going on? But it just it continued trips you up and. Yeah, it's it, there's no logic that you can unearth, really. Um, yeah. yeah, if you enjoy crying, go and check out the father. Since you since we've covered that one, I'll do another film, Zijan, um, which is uh, I, I was just looking at my Twitter list of the films I've seen recently, so I have one to talk about. Okay, um, and let me tell you, this one is utter garbage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, is Austin Powers in Gold Member? What? Now, do you do that just for Michael Caine? Um, well, it's, it's, it's helped my Michael Caine list. Um, I probably did it because I was buying another film on eBay and it was like, buy one, get one, 40% off or something. you chose Austin Powers. And I was like, you know who you know who has a cameo in this film for, for like three <laughs> seconds? Tom Cruise. And therefore, I'm, oh. I'm getting this film. It's the, it's the gap in my Tom Cruise collection. Oh. So um, it's the third film in the Austin Powers uh, trilogy thus far. Uh, and at the start of the film, you've got this kind of uh, film adaptation of Austin Powers. It's kind of meta, uh, meta theatre, I suppose. Uh, film in a film, and, and Tom Cruise is playing Austin Powers in that. And that that bit, it's got Steven Spielberg, Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, Danny DeVito, Kevin Spacey. It's, it's very well done. It's funny. It's clever. 
It's got a nice dance move, dance sequence. And then the rest of the film is <laughs> utterly terrible. Um, just, it feels like it's been cobbled together. Lots of just very vulgar jokes, but also not, just not clever at all. It's just, hey, we're going to talk about this guy being fat for 10 minutes. Like, have you not seen an Austin Powers film before, Colin? Well, I've, seen, I've seen the first one, and the first one is not bad. I think it's got some, it's quite funny, it's well put together, it's quite it's tight. This is just Mike Myers riffing for ages and uh, Beyonce's in it. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask that, yeah. I remember there was one with Beyonce in it, so yeah, that must be the one. Very early for her, I think it was certainly um, a long time before she became the Beyonce that uh, that the world knows now. So, um, yeah, I don't, she, she was in Dreamgirls, so she has done some better acting, but she was not good in this. Okay. So yeah, um, if you watch the first Austin Powers, think, oh, I wonder what the other ones are like. Um, much worse is the answer. Good to know. There you go. Um, we move on then to the main segment of the podcast. We're talking in the Heights. It's Lin Manuel Miranda bringing his uh, musical to the big screen. Uh, Zijan, tell us, tell us what's going on. Uh, yeah, in the Heights. Uh, as you say, it's directed by, uh, it's brought by Lin Manuel Miranda. This is his first big musical hit. This is way before Hamilton became mm-hmm. big. Um, so the film is directed by John M. Chu, who is very well known for Crazy Rich Asians, which mm. was the big hit of a couple of years ago. And In the Heights tells the story of a corner on the predominantly Dominican Washington Heights neighborhood in New York City, um, where every member of the community is trying to pursue their dreams, basically. Yeah. Um, that, that's that's the, the underlying tone of this whole film, really, about being a dream, being a dreamer, trying to pursue a dream, um, which is quite common in a lot of um, films about immigration, to be fair. Yeah. If you watch yeah. a film like Minari, it tells about the Korean-American family who goes to America to start, start a farm, or Brooklyn, about the Irish girl who goes to Brooklyn to you know, make it big, because that's what it is all about, right? Parasites, to a certain extent. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing, to, to try to get it big, to make it big. Um, I would preface this uh, <laughs> review by saying that, obviously, this was my most anticipated film for both this year and, 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 and last. last year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've not seen the musical before. I don't think you have as well, Colin. Oh, I, th- um, I, I haven't. I, I thought you had. No, okay. No, yeah. I've not seen the musical before, uh, although I'm a very big fan of Lin-Manuel Miranda and Hamilton, uh, even mm. though you do not like it as much as I did uh, from the yeah, stage. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll get back to that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of hype behind this film. Um, the film, uh, the ra- the reviews have been raved. <laughs> mm. There have mm. been rave reviews for this film. Uh, the the trailer was amazing as well. Great trailer. It brought up a lot yeah. of hype. Um, and it's a story that uh, about a film subject that I always love because uh, it's a, it's one of the most relatable ones to me. You know, emigrating. Uh- yeah, yeah, as, as a as a, as an immigrant to uh, to the fine nation of uh, United Kingdom, um, I, I am not. Uh, I, I have lived all my life in the country in which I was born, um, so I don't I don't relate to it necessarily in the same way. Uh, well, let's cut to the chase. I love this film. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> um, what really? Uh, I know. Are we are we are we about to disagree? Okay, um, I don't think this film is perfect. I enjoyed it. Um, but I think I was expecting to like it more. Okay. I think my expectations were much 
higher. They were very, they, they were, they were very high, weren't they? I mean, it's been two years in a row. Call it. That's the problem with having high expectations. It's very hard to top what what you want. I think uh, we can go to what my criticisms with the film are uh, afterwards. Sure. But, sure. Um, but no, it's not to say that I think it was a bad film. It's definitely not a bad film. Bad film anyway. Um, I I truly enjoyed the film, mm. but there were parts where I thought it could really be screwed a little bit tighter. Okay, okay. So did you know the songs beforehand? No, no. no. Uh, so it's my first time listening to all of them and I love them. <laughs> mm. So I, I'd, obviously I'd seen the trailer, so I knew the, I knew the song in the trailer, which is which is in the nice, yep. or, or abbreviated version of it. But yeah, I didn't know them either. Quite often I find with musicals, um, I like to know the songs, but I, I never, this is probably why I often enjoy musicals more the second time around. Because I like to know the songs when I'm hearing them, but I also don't listen to them in advance because they'll, they'll have plot spoilers. Yes. Um, but for this one, I, I, I went straight home and uh, downloaded the soundtrack. I've been listening to it uh, ever since. Oh, me too. Yeah. I've been playing the, the musical numbers uh, <laughs> on a loop for a while. Now. Yeah, same, same. Um, I apologize to my neighbors who will have seen me dancing around my kitchen uh, to, uh, to the In the Heights soundtrack. It's oh, great, all right? They're absolute bangers. Like, Lee Manuel Miranda has proven that he has, he has a very good idea of you know writing good music and his lyrics are incredible like the, some of the rhymes that are in his yeah his, yeah yeah yeah. his lyrics are just ooh. <laughs> so, so in fact what i know that, uh, i will very quickly just take off um hamilton then so so have you seen hamilton on stage i've seen hamilton on stage yeah, yeah. uh so i watched the disney plus um kind of the the uh, the film of the stage production and, and i've come to the conclusion that i don't enjoy watching stage stuff filmed like that so, so as you say, I didn't really like Hamilton much, but I think I, either I want to see it live or I want to see a film adaptation of it. I don't want to see a kind of a f- filmed stage production. Um, and I thought this translated, I said, I've not seen the stage, but I thought this translated very well to film. It didn't feel stagey yep. uh, uh, to me. I mean, I know it was, as you say, it's, all, it's pretty much all on one uh, block, not all one, yeah, it's all about one block in, in Washington Heights. Or in, in uh, which apparently is in New York, which I didn't know going into this. <laughs> I was like, I'm assuming it's in Washington because it's got the word Washington in the title, but no, New York, New York City, uh, New York, New York. Uh, yes, yeah, so I thought it was, it was very well brought to to the screen like that. Uh, so in terms of um, relating to it, I'm intrigued by so it, it's a story of people who, who've moved to a different country, or in some cases, um, their parents did. It, is it do you think that that make, makes you like it more? Is that? I I always like stories about this. I mean, like you know, the the whole point of this kind of films is that you don't really belong anywhere. You feel like, uh, in 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 the Heights, for example, like all the characters there, they feel like they're part um from the Caribbean and they're yeah. part American, you know. But you don't either belong here or you don't belong there. It's the kind of feeling that you get, like as an immigrant, quite, right, right, uh, quite commonly. Like for me as well. Like even though I'm Malaysian, but to to all my Malay all my Malaysian friends, I'll be more British, right, than they okay. Are. And whereas to you know the Brits, I'll be obviously more Malaysian than they will be. So you're just kind of in limbo in the sense that you don't really belong anywhere, but you're trying to carve your own right. carve your own mark where you are trying not to lose where you're from. Yeah, okay. Still trying to you know integrate with where you are right now and Cause that's it. Yeah. i mean is the so in, in this film and i guess in in real life um it's very much as you say uh a, well a, a very much a Dom- dominican uh neighborhood and, and also you see later in the film quite a few different uh hispanic so they've got puerto rico and cuba and mexico yep. and all sorts uh, is the same thing in malaysia like is there a, a malaysian 
area in in London? No, <laughs> definitely, no. definitely not in no. uh, definitely not in London. Um, although there there are obviously spaces in London which are more uh, Indian centric, for example, like right, the, yeah, the area yeah. that I live okay. right now, for example, is uh is more Indian centric. I know there are areas which has like a street of Vietnamese food, for example, hmm. and there are areas which are more Middle Eastern. So there are places like this that exist around. Right, 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 because. Uh, in this film, we see almost no one who isn't uh, uh, Hispanic. So we have uh, Benny, who, who's African American. Yep. Um, and we do have some like some some minor characters uh, you see, but, but it is very much yeah, that that community. Shall, shall we go through the cast? We often do. Yes. Go on. Um, which I'm going to might rely on you to remember some of the names. Um, <laughs> so there's uh, Anthony Ramos who plays the main character Usnavi. Um, for those musical nuts like I am, Anthony Ramos plays the original Philip in Hamilton. Um, cool. Philip, Philip Schuyler, the son of uh, Alexander Hamilton. Uh, and he takes on the role of Usnavi, who was originally um, played by Lin-Manuel Miranda, who in the film plays uh, a Piragua guy. Yes. A guy who sells shaved ice, basically. Yeah, the shaved ice. Is this a... Is this a, is this a thing? I mean, I I was watching. I remember in Friends they used to have snow cones. I think snow cones is just shaved ice with sauce on it. Yeah, it's not a thing we have in this country. I don't think I've never seen yeah. it. It feels. Like, I mean, it feels like if you're paying money, just have a bit of ice. You? Basically, what I'm saying is I'm anti the Piragro, the Piragro guy. I think he's. <laughs> I think he ought to get himself a proper job, not just breaking up ice in the street. Ooh. <laughs> Because uh, there's there's a uh, there's those Navi working hard in his shop. There's the salon. There's all this. There's the, the taxi run. These are all great, useful things. Some guys shifting. I gotta say, of all the different people in this, he felt the least necessary. Um, What's and, the PR guy? Yeah, and apparently, <laughs> so Wikipedia is my source a lot of this. But um, uh, apparently, uh, John M. Chu was going to cut the role unless Lin Manuel played it, which is why Lin Manuel. Uh, agreed to do it. Oh. Oh. Yeah, he has. Did you did you stick around for post credit? I did. I did. That yeah. was the Piragua guy reprise song. It was. It was again. <laughs> opposite guy that I was convinced was Yannick Truesdale, um, who plays Michelle in no, Gilmore Girls, and it wasn't. That's Christopher Jackson, who was the original Benny. It, apparently so. Um, I I looked it up afterwards, but uh, yes. Yes, fair enough. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but sorry, back to his Navi, um, Anthony Ramos, who really good. Really charismatic. Very, very charismatic. Yeah, he carries. You know, he has to carry the whole film by yeah, himself, right? Yeah. And he's he's a relative unknown to film, really. Like I don't think yeah. we know him from anywhere. Like no, this, no, this, no. this, this whole cast, for example, like it has to be carried on Lin Manuel Miranda's reputation alone. Because uh, yes. they're yeah. not they're not people you know of. I mean, John M. Chu, of course. Well, Crazy Rich Asians was big, but that was his only big hit. And all the actors here were all relatively new, yeah, uh, or, the, or unheard of. Looking um, down the list, in- yeah, J- Jimmy Smits obviously is, is well known and, and is a bit of a, a legend, I think, in in uh, in the our community, just because yeah, he's done Star Wars, West Wing, mm. he's done all sorts of stuff. Um, but yeah, other than that, Stephanie Beatrice was the only other one I'd heard of. Um, yeah, me too, from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, a fairly, fairly minor role in this. Um, playing, I want to say, Carla? I think Carla. Yep, that's her. Uh, but yeah, and obviously John M. Chu before, with, I've, I've not actually seen Crazy Rich Asians, so that's, um, that was that was unknown mostly, wasn't it, um, at the time? Although Henry Golding has gone on to be a big star. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but yes, this, this, as you say, was being sold on, on Lin-Manuel, really. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we've, we've we mentioned Benny briefly, but another uh, another unknown and, and did a fine fine job with it, I thought. Played so. by Corey uh, Hawkins. Mm. Yeah, so Benny is uh, Usnavi's best friend, kind of. Yeah, I guess yeah, you could say it's a best friend, yeah, who has a love uh, interest with Nina. Nina was played by Leslie Grace, uh, who was back from Stanford, which apparently is in California. Uh, I must admit, not only do I not, am I not particularly familiar with um, Dominican uh, communities in New York, I also don't know where American universities are. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> so, I know there are a lot in Massachusetts, but I didn't yeah, know Stanford yeah, was in yeah, California. Yeah. So it's, like, well, it's not MIT, it's not Harvard, okay. But the, um, I, fi- I figured it out from context eventually. <laughs> <laughs> so um, she kind of one flunked out of Stanford and came back to Washington Heights and she felt like she left let down her community because she was the first one from that community to break out and go into an Ivy League university. So mm. I can imagine the pressure on her was quite bad. I did like the song that she sang about a brief. I thought it was a very nice song. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and indeed, as you say, love interest uh, for Benny and also for Sonny, um, played by Gregory Diaz the Fourth. Oh, he's the best! I love Sonny so much. He has some, <laughs> some great facial expressions. I, I, I he was does. Rewatching on YouTube, it's got the, the first song in the Heights, uh, and uh, some of his expressions in that are utterly wonderful. Yeah, he's really good. It's like for such a young actor, like I was really impressed by his performance. Like he's he's the standout star for me in this wow, whole. Okay. okay. Yeah, in uh, I think in the so I actually saw part of the musical after I watched the film, uh, a bootleg version of it on oh, YouTube yeah, okay. illegally, um, and the Sunny character was played by a much older person. Yeah, and it has to be young, really, doesn't that I mean for it to work properly? I think. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, I was trying to work out when this film was set, but it must be around twenty twelve because he uses the word chillax, <laughs> and I don't. I don't think that's happened since then. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have Vanessa, played by Melissa Barrera, uh, who is the daughter of Jimmy Smith's character. Uh, no, she's not. Nina is. I'm oh, Nina is. Getting yeah. stuff. Um, she um, she uh, is the, the love interest for Uznavi, mm-hmm. uh, and she wants to move up to a to down or down, I suppose, to downtown yep. New York uh, for. Yeah, I'm not sure what the reasoning behind that is. Uh, um, I want to say it's something to do with uh, her dreams. Sweeto, <laughs> 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 uh, I believe a little dream. Uh, yeah, I think that's where that's where she can be a designer. Yep, that's where that's where that happens. You'll have to forgive our lack of knowledge about the different New York suburbs. I'm afraid. Um, no. Uh, yeah, she, she uh, again, I, I'm going to say this about all of them. I thought they were all great. Uh, I thought she was, uh, 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 yeah, good voice, good, good, uh, again, um, good, good chemistry with his Navi. Mm. I liked her a lot. Um, we have Olga Merides, and that's not how you say that, I'm sure, <laughs> reprising her role as Abuela. Abuela. I think she's the only one in the cast who's reprising her role, right I, from the. Think so, yes. Musical, yeah. Abuela, uh, I think, means grandmother or aunt. Pop- yeah, it has to be grandmother. Abuela, uh, grandma, yes. Um, yes, uh, she was good enough to keep the role. I guess she's. I guess as the oldest character, it doesn't matter so much that it's now 
well when it, when it was filmed well, well over a decade since the uh the theatrical run hmm. she, i think she was playing older than she really is anyway yeah she was in the theatrical run yeah but she knows her stuff though she knows this she knows this musical and a strong like, voice you know, I, she really I say, does, people, yeah. people tend to lose the, the power of their voices with age um, i don't know how old she actually is but a very very powerful voice um yeah that's that, that was we then have the salon ladies. Uh, They're just side characters, although they they did start the Carnival song, which is one of my favorites. They did, yeah, um, yes. I think we. I, we, I'd say I thought you had seen this, um, so, so you haven't. But I've, I've read a little bit about um, the differences between the stage production yes. and the film. Uh, it's shorter, as, as these things always are, really. Um, and and to do that, they cut away a few songs and a few subplots. Yeah. Which uh, I don't. I've not really seen the reaction from from hardcore fans of the the original musical. But I, I, I think they. It seems to have been cut away pretty well. And there are a few places where I thought, well, that that, that was a bit rushed. Um, but by and large, the decisions we made, I think, to rather than cut whole characters, to cut down each character's bit. Apart from Graffiti Pete, <laughs> who uh, who turned up right in the last scene. Like, have we seen him before? <laughs> No, he, he appeared in 96,000. I don't even know why he was in it. <laughs> so, uh, at, the, at the beginning of 96,000. I think, I think that was part of my main criticism with this film. And okay. why I didn't like it as much as I wanted to. It's because uh, you're right in the sense that I thought the pacing was a little bit odd okay. in the middle of the film. Uh, more that like... So this film started so strong. Like honestly, that whole Inner Heights production, mm. it was amazing. It just gets you going, gets you pumping, and you want to watch more of this film. But I think in the middle, it all starts from the dinner, uh, where they they sat together and Nina was announcing to her dad, and her dad they found out that her dad was trying to sell her company. Mm-hmm. Um, in in order to pay ed- for her education, for, for in order to pay for her uh, education. Yeah, that's correct. Um, because the next few sequences, it just felt like it just, it was very disjointed in terms of emotional pacing. Okay. So what happened was that they got, they got angry, they got into a fight, and then they went to a, to a nightclub to dance. So yes. it was happy again. And then they're trying to make each other jealous. Then they got angry again. And then after that, there was a blackout. And then they panicked, kinda. And then they found, they went back to the abuela's house. So, and then they were having fun there again. You know, their fireworks, you know, their was for the fireworks. Hmm. And then abuela, um, spoilers alert she passed away that night um, and then it was sad again so the, the whole emotional pacing for that it just kept jumping and jumping and jumping and jumping there wasn't I don't think there was a lot of smooth transitions between all of those it didn't feel okay. smooth to me it just felt like you know like different cuts of it and right. I was going through the edits and I the the sequences of that uh, it's different in the musical. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, th- right from the start of the film, they're counting like three days to the blackout, two days to the blackout. Yeah. The, the blackout is this key event. And it's very clear to anyone who's ever seen a stage musical that the, the blackout song is the, the interval. Yes. The, the, the end it's of the first so act. so obvious, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and as you say, they, they've moved up. I think they moved up. Or maybe moved down. The uh, Abuela's death. So you get this kind of slightly... And this, this is the bit I did find a bit odd. Um, was you have this very clearly um, interval song and then straight into Abuela's um, yes. farewell song. And I thought, this, I can't see how this would work in on, on stage. And obviously that's not how it works on stage. No, well, because there needs to be... That's, that's, the most, that's why an intermission is important, right? That's the thing. Mm, in, mm. When you write a musical, you write knowing that there's going to be an intermission in the middle to, to let 
people take a deep breath and process yeah. what has happened before. Whereas because they can't do that in a film, well, they can do that in a film if they wanted to. It's <laughs> like a two, yeah, yeah, they could yeah. put a two-minute break if when they we, wanted when to. We get the, uh, when we get the DVD or the stream, or fact, you, you could stream this on HBO Max in, in America, so um, everyone could just pause it at that point. <laughs> yeah, it, I think that, that was my main criticism, criticism because the middle bit just felt very odd. The pacing was just odd out of the place. And also one thing as well that I pointed out, um, like this whole 96,000 lottery ticket. Mm. Um, in the musical, um, Usnawi found out about that he won it while Abuela is giving him the money right before the intermission, right before the blackout. Yeah, um, yeah. So he, Spoilers that for was his <laughs> That was his impetus to move to the Dominican Republic. Whereas because in the film, they move that right till the end, like the 96,000 song doesn't have the impact. It just felt like, why are they singing about 96,000 that doesn't occur anywhere in the film for a long, long, long time <laughs> until like a, 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 a something right at the end just to you know trigger a memory like, oh, okay, remember this? Yeah, so here I, we are again. Okay, I mean, I quite like that. I, I quite liked the mystery of it, although it's a, it's a good point. They could have maybe referred to it more because yeah, they didn't really build it up. Because I, I, no. I was sitting there thinking, oh, well, I, th- I reckon Jimmy Smith's characters won it. And so it was getting me to think about it. Uh, but yeah, fair, fair enough. I, I, I didn't, I didn't find that maybe as much as you did. I, I see what you, I do see what you mean, and the, the blackout felt maybe not as uh, I, I, vital as it, it, having been built up to all film. I, I thought it might yeah. be a little bit more uh, dramatic. It was very anticlimactic in the musical. Again, I, again, I'm just comparing it with the musical right yeah, now because yeah. um, in the musical there was worse things that happened during the blackout. There were riots. There were, um, you know, robberies and stuff happening Ke- during the blackout. Chaos, uh, complete chaos. Benny hits a guy, apparently. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah and then you just don't see that in the, in yeah. the, in the film. So it kind of lost its climax there, which is a bit weird given how they have a countdown. They have an actual countdown they do, in the film. They do. And, but, and I, I have some sympathy because I think it's a bit difficult, to, as you say, to do a big kind of uh, heart, first half ending moment if you don't have a first half. And, and the film is, I mean, it's not a short film. It's what, two hours 15 or something like that. And it, it doesn't, in fact, more, two hours 23, apparently. Um, so they had to cut away some stuff. I, I, I think they made probably mostly the right calls. But I see what, I do see what you mean there. Mm. Um, what's interesting, I think, is also some of the stuff they added in, um, which isn't massive, massives, but uh, we've got this kind of subplot about, so Sonny is the, the son of illegal immigrants and he can't get his green card what well, is he doesn't have a green card and he can't get to college and we have this kind of subplot of of him discovering this at a protest and uh, what's going to happen to him I, I don't think that was in the original musical nope uh, that was a new thing because the whole dreamers controversy came about quite late after the musical was written mm. uh, in america so that was definitely new um i did you know there was a point when Ustavi went to see sonny's dad and they were saying something like, oh, why do you always pay him in cash? And then he gave him a knowing look. I did not understand that at all. <laughs> when they came out, I was like, okay. Why? <laughs> I, I devoted much of the next five minutes to try and wipe that out. I, I did manage to get there before they said it, but it took me a lot. Like, <laughs> I didn't. What could I'm be the reasons for this? And I, 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 I got there in the end, but yeah. I, I, I wonder if it's one of those things that particularly, I mean, if you're, uh, if you're in, in New York, whether or not you're uh, an immigrant, I suspect, um, that probably is clearer to you. <laughs> um, I don't know, but uh, yes, no, I got got there in the end. It what I, I, I rewatched the trailer um, today, and it, it very much plays as if that's 
maybe the main plot i think maybe because that is the the more hot topic than people falling in love with each other which is a uh always, which happens all the time <laughs> yeah, yes um and, and it really isn't a major well it is it's a it's a plot point but it's not the, the driving force of the film at all no, no, and, and felt a little bit uh a, a little bit tacked on particularly when um nina at the end spoilers for this um she decides actually she will go back to college because that way she'll maybe get an amnesty for the children of illegal immigrants. I, I think that's what she thinks she's going to do by getting a degree. It, it seems a, a lot of steps from there. Yeah, I think so too. Like, um, yeah, I did like, like, I like Nina's start, but I didn't like the resolution. Like, there wasn't any reason why, you know, yeah, I, I, I don't think this would be any reason why this would make her and her dad reconcile. In in the in the musical, there will be a song sung by Nina's mum. Yes, who um, was who was alive in the musical, but is, is dead alive in the musical. Film. Yeah, she sings a song called "Enough," telling both of them to reconcile their differences. They are exactly the same kind of person. So right, that, okay. So that felt you know more you know more it felt more of an impact compared to what she had because like it doesn't feel for someone who was so you know, worried about dropping out of college and with all these things on her shoulders and all these microaggressions that she faced when she was in college. Yeah, there's this, this subplot of, well, not really a subplot, I mean, she just mentions how she was, um, she dropped out because she was accused of stealing from her roommate and was, was searched. Uh, which, I, again, I don't think is, neat. I think she has different reasons for dropping out in the in the original. Yeah, it was different. But it, it just didn't feel earned, the sense that her turnaround didn't feel earned because mm-hmm. it didn't make, that much sense yeah. and it felt the same because i mean this is a film all about yeah say the immigrant community and, and working hard and having your dreams and it, and it felt a bit like lin was was thinking well the, we now need to talk about uh what, what they call dreamers and and microaggressions and things. It needs to be added in and it i don't know it didn't feel like the film needed that no. i think it, it no. wasn't a, just because it has uh latino and latino characters doesn't mean that has to be the the crux of the film and, and it wasn't the crux of the film it was just something that was put in um yeah and i was kind of glad that there weren't there weren't really any bad guys in this and i was because a lot of it could easily have gone down the route of there's a mean guy who's buying up the block or, or there's yep. a governor who's coming in and wants to rid the place of all these horrible immigrants and that, that, something like that and i'm glad they didn't go down that route um there wasn't basically yeah i said at the top that it was there's not really many well i think there's any real white characters or, or asian or and there's yep. this, and there's one african-american and apparently in the in the stage version there that the fact that he's african-american is more of a, a An plot issue point. as well yeah because uh nina's father does not approve mm, mm. of him and uh, again i think that's probably if you're going to cut something i think that that's probably a, something I'm, I'm happy to get cut from the the main Plot. Although you, you you lost a lot of you lose a lot of Benny in the second half of the film though, yes, there isn't much to him. There there really isn't much to him. He's just basically Nina's love interest, right? And they get something. together off screen, which I was yeah. a little bit. I think at the time I was watching it, and there's there's one the song about the carnival makes reference to the fact they're now together. I was like, did, yes, did that happen? Did I, did I forget <laughs> I know, that? Yeah, we didn't see that at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I kind of get it because they didn't have that that sweet kind of uh, music. Um, where they're dancing up the the side of a building I think okay I can see why you didn't want to have two Benny and Nina songs in the second half but oh. yeah it, it, maybe maybe when there's a three hour cut of this we can get the yep. uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, speaking of the music, so I like I did like the soundtrack a lot. I say I've been listening to it ever since. What's your favorite song, Colin? In the Heights. It's so good, isn't it? It's so good, it's so good. Um, is that yours as well? Uh, I like the Carnival of La Barrio a lot as well. Right, right. Yeah, because I liked it because uh, I googled the Spanish, the English translations of the lyrics in Carnival La Barrio. Okay. Because it's a lot of them is in Spanish, and it's a lot about raising the flag and being proud of where you are, and. Right, yeah, right. You see all the communities come together. I think it's very. I, I felt. I felt very emotional. Did you get your? Scene. Did you get your Malaysian flag out? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah. But I felt very, very emotional watching that scene because yeah, it's just be proud of your your heritage yeah. right where you're from. Yeah. I, I, I have an England flag somewhere. I only get it out for football tournaments. So. I'll have to, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I was slightly surprised there wasn't more reincorporation of of musical themes, and I'm not an expert in this by any means, but um. Certainly in Hamilton, you kind of got re- recurrent themes, and it's quite a common musical device. But Phantom of the Opera does it, all sorts. Um, the, the only bit we got really is that In the Heights is, I think I'm going to say overture, and people are going to correct me, but I think uh, with various different themes that will reappear oh. all in that first song. But I, I was sure at the end we were going to get In the Heights again. Um, it kind was of re- kind of, re- well, it starts, it starts off like In the Heights, right? It goes like lights out. Uh, in Washington Heights that's the first phrase of the mm. finale song so uh, by ends with a more optim- optimistic uh, point of view that he discovered that he's home where he belongs right so, yeah that's, so it's good I don't know whether he did he did he, did he stop renting that shop has he told anyone because <laughs> he well, bought he has money now right so there's no need for him to well he gave it all to Sonny oh in the trust fund yeah that's true yeah I mean, but then he seems to own most of this beach in Dominica, so... Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the logic doesn't always quite tie together. Um, I mean, we have people dancing on the side of the building. That's, and true. Peop- that's and, true. And, and, yeah, so... But the, uh, there was a lovely ro- love story, and you know how I love a love story. Uh, two love stories as well. Two love stories. One of them that got paid off on screen. So <laughs> that, was, that was nice. <laughs> and, and the other had a very quick turnaround that no one saw coming. It was very really weird, like... They, I thought they were arguing throughout the whole club and then they weren't together at all and then Usnavi just told Daniela to become the mm. uh, the what the guarantor and then Vanessa is like suddenly so in love with him I think it's because so, he's he's going to move away so she, she realises what she's about to lose <laughs> oh it's beautiful uh, tell you what else was beautiful in this film uh, I thought it was done really nicely was some of the, was the use of reflections I don't know whether you, you spot this, but there are quite a few times where there'd be a shot where, so even in the in the, in the Heights number, you've got um, a shot of of uh, Usnavi through the window uh, of the of the bodega, and all these kind of dance moves moves uh, in the street that are being reflected in the window. And there are a few times where that was done. I thought it was very nicely done, yeah. uh, which you don't always get when something's come from a stage because that that's obviously wouldn't have happened on stage. So it was, nope. it was a, a new thought from. John M. Chiu, I guess, um, which was done very well. He's very good at this kind of things, to be fair. Like, even in Crazy Rich Asians, it's the same thing. Okay. He okay. has a good eye for visual style. <laughs> if that's yeah. Good. Yeah, and I'd say, it's, the film looks great. It just look really, I mean, really bright and colourful, but also, yeah, very dynamic, uh, very nicely done. I, I would recommend, if anyone is in two minds, go and check out the, the first eight minutes of this film, so basically the first song, it's on YouTube. On YouTube, and um, yeah, go and check that out. I mean, I think it probably is the high point is that first eight minutes. So don't expect it to be quite uh, that that active throughout. But that's definitely worth a watch. As uh, is this film. Uh, yes, yes. 
I'm just going through my list if I've got anything that I've not uh, not yet said. Uh, did you did you see the twist coming? Is it is it is it, is it even a twist? I don't know. Which twist? Oh, so you got the money. So, well, so so the framing of the film is that it was Navi is, is explaining to uh, some some nearby children. Oh. Uh, he's sitting on a beach in the in Dominican Republic, explaining about his old life in New York. Um, and then it turns out actually he never went to Dominican Republic. He's still in there, but his mate graffiti pete um <laughs> painted the beach on the wall of his bodega I, I saw the fact that the girl was his daughter yes he got a lot of focus on this one girl out of the four so yeah it was pretty clearly his daughter yeah, yeah. that what i saw uh, i don't think yeah i'll be lying if i said that i 100 percent saw where it was going mm. That's, mm. yeah that's put it that way. yeah I, I didn't i think as soon as he painted it I thought, okay, that's going to switch to the beach. But um, no, I just assumed that we were going to get um, uh, we were going to get Vanessa turning up in the background uh, of of the actual beach. And I was trying to work out how they're going to get there. Like she <laughs> threw in her career to go and help him run a shack in uh, Dominica. But um, I'm, I'm saying Dominica and Dominican Republic interchangeably. I think they're different places, so I do apologise. Um, it's not a not, geography, not my expertise. Uh, Dominican Republic is is where um, he, he was. Well, in fact, wasn't, but was pretending to be. <laughs> Did you get the Jerry Maguire references? I enjoyed that. Yeah, it was very funny. And then um, I blame no English. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's some very good dancing in that scene as well. Yeah. Um, so there you go. I loved it. Uh, Zijan uh, liked it. I think yep. that's, that's where we liked are. Liked it a lot. Liked it a lot. I a want lot. to watch the musical. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah, I guess I did. I I want I want to see the musical as well. Let's do it, Zijan. Let's let's watch yeah. the musical. Is it happening anywhere? No. <laughs> Fuck it. Let's make it happen. A Chinese guy or a Caucasian, we can put this in. It's going to be great. Oh dear. Okay, uh, that'll do for In the Heights. Uh, but go and check it out. It's not done as well at the box office as people were hoping. Um, so make the change, uh, especially to our new South American listeners. Um, go and watch our film. We move on to Actor Factor. Let's do it. It's Michael Caine. I discovered in a quiz this week, Tijan, that uh, he has had more film credits than any other British actor. <laughs> so you must have seen so many films of his, right? Um, I have seen, I think, 22 of his films. Um, I've seen more films of his than I did Carrie Mulligan, so that's a good thing. Okay, is it? Well, more than one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've seen 13 of his films. A lot of them okay. are Christopher Nolan films as well. Is, is 13 must be your, your record. I think 22 must be my record. Uh, uh, possibly, yeah. He's well, in a lot of films. Apart from Tom Cruise, obviously. Yeah. Um, uh, so for those of you who don't know, uh, actor factors when we talk about the films, pick actor and pick our favourite and least favourite. I think we're going to go over time today. Um, do you want to kick us off with, you, with some of your 13 films, Adrian? Yeah, well, as I mentioned before, Christopher Nolan films. Uh, I might as well just rattle through them. And because we've spoken to them about them quite a lot before. Um, surprisingly, Michael Caine's in a lot of them. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that. Um, but he was in The Prestige, uh, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises, because he was playing Alfred Pennyworth. <laughs> he was in Interstellar. He was in Tenet. He was in Inception. Um, Batman Begins. Anything else that I'm missing? Uh, he was in Batman Begins. Uh, I don't know if you said that. Uh, he was in Dunkirk, but uncredited. I think, oh. I think he narrated a bit or something. Uh, so basically all of... Well, not quite all. Oh, 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 pretty much, apart from Memento. Apart from Memento and... Well, basically apart from his first three films. Uh, yes. Yeah. So yeah, they, they, he suddenly decided that he, he likes Mark Kane, even to the extent that he'll hire him to play Leonardo DiCaprio's father in a curious thing that was never explained why. He's like, 
How can like different nationalities and anyway? So I mean, different. we spoke about Christopher Nolan films in that quite a lot, especially yes. since our last tenant ones, tenant review. So I'm not going to go through any of them in that whatsoever, um, because you you kind of know where we stand about most of his films. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, to be fair, though, there was a review on the father uh, recently that I thought was quite funny in the comments saying that the father does twist better than Christopher Nolan does in like Tenet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, I can guess these and a few of the other films you've seen them in. Yeah, um, now you see me. <laughs> so I think might might be your least favorite. Um, before you before we get there, um, I I I say twenty two. I've put now you see me two on there. I think I've seen now you see me two in, the, but I think I had it on the background when I was doing something else because I I don't know why. Yeah, I wonder why because was... I didn't like the first one. So I don't know why I watched that? Um, you've probably seen the Muppet Christmas Carol. Yes. I love the Muppet. Uh, which I saw for the first time at Christmas and it's really good. Really? Yeah. For the first time? Wow. I think it's one of those films that everyone has said was so good that it kind of almost put me off, which is really weird. But I think if, if enough people like go crazy about it, I'm like, well, I'm not sure about this. But I watched it and loved it. It is very good. It's as good as people say. Mm. Uh, you've probably seen Miss Congeniality. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know my taste in films. I do. Well, I do. Um, which I didn't like, to be honest. It's okay. It's not the worst film on the list. Uh, no, it's not because he's also in Austin Powers in Goldmember. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which I'm not seeing. <laughs> uh, playing Austin Powers' father. I've already talked enough about that. Uh, Michael Caine has made many, uh, many well-regarded, many iconic films, several of which we're not going to talk about because I, 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 we neither of us have seen them. Um, but we can't not talk about The Italian Job. Um where he uh, he famously drove minis around Italy and said, you're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. That's my Michael wow. Caine impression. I, was, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't sure I was going to do it, but I did it. Yeah. And, I, and I'm quite pleased with it. I, think I it's mean, okay. if there's anyone's impression that you should do is Michael Caine's, right? Yeah, it's not too, not too difficult. Um, uh, have you, are, are there any more on your list that we've not covered? Uh, Bewitched, uh, Nicole Kidman. Oh, was he in that? Okay. One, apparently he is. Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to, ooh, I, I'm going to guess that uh, he was Juliet's father. I have no idea who he plays. Great. Oh, yeah. Um, I, uh, Kingsman. I, I don't know how accurate, um, of course, you, yeah, Kingsman. I, I don't know how accurate Romeo and Juliet is to the original play. <laughs> I've not seen it. Um, it's good enough. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, Kingsman, very good. Did he die in the first one? Mm. Or did he just get replaced by uh, Michael something or other? Gambon. I can't remember. Very well. Cool. Um, he was also in uh, Alfie, which um, is a, another famous film. What's it all about Alfie? This kind of playboy guy who, who um, in fact, it's a very dark film if you watch it. Everything goes wrong for Alfie. I think it's got this reputation of this kind of cool swinging 60s type thing and it's a lot darker than um, than its reputation. Uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which is really good. Um, it's uh, basically about con men and, and it's got a fairly standard plot if you know things like Hustle or whatever else, but um, it's done very well. I really enjoyed it. The, there was a film um, Anne Hathaway and Rebel Wilson did a year or two ago called The Hustle, I think, um, which was terrible apparently, but was loosely based on that film. Okay. Uh, Hannah and Her Sisters, which is the only Woody Allen film I've ever enjoyed. Um, I've, I've watched a lot of Woody Allen films, considering that I don't like them. Um, 
basically I, I thought there must be a good one and this is it this is the good one um he's a married man who's having an affair and uh, there's like all Woody Allen films right yeah but the person he's having an affair with is vaguely close to his age which is <laughs> unusual uh it's yeah it's very good um he's also in Zulu which was his breakout I think the reason he's done so many films is, is he did masses and masses of films before achieving any kind of fame uh so Zulu was his breakthrough role but probably maybe his 20th or 25th films he, he did a lot of stuff before that uh, and Escape to Victory a classic film where um, various footballers Pele, Bobby Moore, most of the Ipswich Town first team um, Ozzy Ardiles I think for our Argentinian listeners uh, play a prisoner of war football team and he's the coach and of course Sly Stallone in goal <laughs> <laughs> It's a weird film. Uh, I think I've covered... Oh, and also Children of Men, which I've talked about before, is very good. Have you, got, have you covered your whole list? Yeah, pretty much. Lovely. Um, so I can guess your least favourite is probably Now You See Me. Yeah, it's awful. It is, so it, is, it is bad, but it's not as bad as Austin Powers and Golden Ember, I'm afraid. I'm going to put my foot down on this one. Uh, but do you have a favourite? This is tougher. The Muppets Christmas Carol. Okay, okay. Uh... I mean, that is very good. That is it's very, very good. Come but, on. But I also love Inception. And I love the, uh, the Batman Begins in Dark Knight. Yeah, they are great as well. Yeah, but it's going to be one of those ones. Also, I, I didn't mention the Cider House Rules, which I have seen and which he won an Oscar for. So well, well done, Vin, for that. Um, that's all he's getting for that one. That is Michael Caine. We did it. We covered um, the career of the, the British actor with the most films in comprehensive depth. <laughs> no one could say more about Michael Caine than we have done. Uh, there. Oh boy, sorry, Michael. Um, next time we are doing look back in Oscar, uh, mm-hmm. where we talk about a best picture winning film. Um, and what's going to be next time's vision? Another musical. It is. An American in Paris. Oh, nice pronunciation. Uh, we move on then to the quiz, which this time is about Tomb Raider, the Tomb Raider franchise. Uh, I can't remember where we are for the year. Um, but as ever, it's five questions each, and I'm going to kick us off. These are, these are tough questions I've written today, Zizan, just to warn you. Good. They're good difficult. I don't know why I made them quite so difficult, um, but I did. How does Gerard Butler's character die in Lara Croft, colon, Tomb Raider, dash, The Cradle of Life? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. I like how you pronounce <laughs> punctuation. Um, I have no... Oh, oh, I know how the bad guy died in the third film. Oh, yeah. I, I think I know how the bad guy died in the first film. Okay. <laughs> but I definitely didn't read how Gerard Butler died. You must have liked that a lot, that scene a lot. I'm going I've to guess... I've not seen this film. Um, but I have, he, I fallen, he has fallen to his death like pretty much all the films. Uh, no, I, I did watch this this scene actually today just to uh, check. But, uh, Confirm. Lara Croft shoots him. Oh wow! Mm. Hmm. Unexpected. Um, question one for me: In which country were parts of Lara Croft Tomb Raider filmed and set, making it the first major motion picture to be shot in that country since 1964? Wow. Uh, well, some of it was filmed in this country. I don't think that's that's the, uh, the first time since 1964. I think some of it was in Italy, but again, that's not going to be the first time. I mean, that's the next one. Um, they go looking at tombs and stuff. Um, oh, I don't know, Egypt. <laughs> no, it's Cambodia. Cambodia, really? Because there's a Khmer regime in 1964 onwards. Ah. Um, in Lara Croft Tomb Raider, who or what is Simon? 
Uh, that's the robot, right? That is the robot. Now, it's written out S-I-M-O-N. I couldn't find anywhere what that stands for. I don't know whether it does. Or is that one of your questions? No, but I can't believe you wrote wrote this while watching football, man. Sorry, did. (laughs) Um, Question two. Which Greek myth served as a MacGuffin for Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, Cradle of Life? Uh, Pandora's Box. That's correct. Uh, Question three. What was the first name of Lara Croft's father? Richard. It is. Very good. Ah. At the beginning of Tomb Raider, the... 2018 film we see Lara working as what to make a living uh, bicycle messenger that's correct uh, what is the name of the evil organization in, in that film uh, Trinity very good uh, question for um, I'm going to read out a poem right now can you read out a poem <laughs> yeah I am. okay fine we have a change of pace for the podcast but I like it <laughs> to see a world in a grain of sand a heaven in a wildflower to hold infinity in the palm of your hand an eternity in an hour is a poem written by which English poet which serves as the impetus of Lara Croft Tomb Raider I'm going to say Alexander Pope William Blake oh well um, my, my questions weren't that hard looking how well you're doing question 5 uh, the next Tomb Raider film is apparently going to be called Tomb Raider Obsidian what is Obsidian what <laughs> oh yes oh yes Oh, that's the kind of question that I come up with. <laughs> uh, what's obsidian? <laughs> Do you want it in the context of the film? <laughs> uh, no. Were you asking me an English question? I actually just asked you one as well. You, you asked me a question about English poetry. I mean, obsidian. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Is, is it a type of metal? Uh, an alloy? Oh, so close, but not close enough, I'm afraid. Uh, it's a volcanic rock. Mm. Good. Uh, <laughs> my last question for <laughs> also you. described is, as glass by something I looked at, which confused me. But anyway, I would have accepted glass or rock, but, okay. not, but not metal. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, question five: In which country was Lara Croft Tomb Raider: Cradle of Life banned because it supposedly damaged said country's reputation? Wow. Okay. I really should have paid more attention to the uh, the controversy section of the wikipedia page um, <laughs> that's the best section <laughs> um it depicted that country in a bad light yep i don't really know anything about this film um other than the pandora's box thing we've already covered uh, and the fact that she kills gerald butler which i enjoyed um uh, <laughs> i'm gonna go back to egypt i'm afraid it's egypt again oh poor egypt <laughs> No, there are not many countries that have very strong censorship. This is China. Ah, okay. Uh, which means it's a victory view, despite I thought all oh, my questions were difficult, but that's a 3-2 win. Good work. Yes, thank you. Uh, what are we quizzing on next time, Zijan? Uh John Favreau Films. John Favreau? Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, directed films, directed films, not starring. <laughs> right. Um, before we close, I will just say I've looked up um, who Michael Caine played in... Uh, Nomeo and Juliet, and it is Juliet's father, so I'm going to take an extra point uh, for that. Make, making us level. No. Um, <laughs> what's our main topic for next time, Zijan? Uh, thanks for reminding me earlier. <laughs> 2011 in film. Great. We'll see you then. Bye.